Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go to Romans chapter 10, if you will. Romans chapter 10. <clears throat> I'm going to kind of change gears tonight. Uh, for the last several weeks, I think we got into about six or maybe even seven weeks, uh, ministering on the uh, power of our spiritual growth and spiritual maturity as it pertains to our ability and capacity to hear the Word of God. And uh, if you happen to miss any of those uh, over the last, uh, you know, like I said, maybe six or seven weeks or so, um, definitely get online and listen to them. Not only are they just a good word uh, to, to help us increase and grow, um, but it will steer us this year as a church. Um, and so I know that there was a reason why we led off 2023 with the word of living aware and then growing and developing spiritually so that we could increase our capacity to hear from God. There's a reason for that. And so it's important. And even if you were able to be here, you know, we don't get it all in one sitting, right? Uh, that's why it's good to take notes because you can go back and review those. Um, you know, I've, I've had people tell me, you know, I don't take notes because I actually listen better. Well, that's great, but go back. And listen again, because we don't get everything in one sitting at one time. Um, there's times that I've had to go back and listen to my own messages just because there were things that were said or brought out that I didn't have prepared or planned. So I'm hearing it for the first time along with you. Um, and I want to stay engaged in that. And that is going to be the direction I know that the Lord is going to lead us. But I want to kind of uh, switch directions a little bit. I want to talk tonight about a faith that obeys a faith that obeys. And um, uh, so here in Romans chapter 10, a popular verse that we know, and I'm going to be reading out of the CSB translation will be on the screen behind me, but uh, Romans 10 verse 17, we've heard it many times. Um, it says this, faith comes from what is heard. New King James says, faith comes by hearing. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing uh, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so remember, we've, we've, we've broken this down before. There's two elements to this. Number one, faith comes by hearing. You can really put a period there because you build faith in whatever you hear. Okay? So this is not just a kingdom principle. This is just a reality. Whatever you're putting in you is what eventually is going to come out of you. That's where you are going to build your trust. You build your trust. You build your faith. You build your confidence in whatever you're feeding yourself consistently. Okay? If you feed yourself uh, uh, the word that the doctor gives you, you will have great confidence in the word that the doctor gives you. If you feed yourself what the news tells you, CNN, Fox News, whatever, then you'll, you will build a great confidence there. Faith comes by hearing, but we want faith in what? In God's word. And the ability to hear comes by the word of God. What does that mean? That means that as I get in the word of God, I increase my capacity, this is where we've been talking about, to hear the word of God. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. As I am studying the word, even if I don't understand it, 
I'm increasing my ability to one day understand just by the exercise of keeping the word in front of me. Some people might call that conditioning. Some people might call that brainwashing. Uh, The word calls it renewing the mind. How many of you know your mind needs to be renewed? And if your mind wasn't important, it wouldn't need to be renewed. (laughs) But it's it's pretty important. It's pretty important. Why? Because God can redeem your spirit, but a redeemed spirit without a renewed mind still lives the same old life. I'll say that again. A redeemed spirit without a renewed mind still lives the same old life. We've been talking about this. First Corinthians chapter three, Paul says what? You are, I, I want to speak to you as uh, uh, mature believers, but I have to still speak to you as babes in Christ. The expectation was I ought to be able to go somewhere. I ought to be able to give you something. I ought to be able to, to share on a different level, but you have At the end of the day, you have failed in the mind renewal process. You haven't kept up with where your spirit is wanting you to go. And so we live carnal. Carnal is living like the world, even though I'm in the kingdom. That's carnal. This planet has three different kinds of people on it. It's either people that are just in the flesh, in the kingdom, but live like the flesh, or in the kingdom, but live like the kingdom. Every person on this planet falls into one of those three categories. I'm unbeliever. I'm an unbeliever, unborn. Again, uh, I have not uh, received uh, access to the kingdom. But then there are those that have received access to the kingdom but still live like the world. And then we have those that have access to the kingdom and have gained the, the capacity to increase their life to practice the kingdom. And that's a process. That's not overnight. We all fall into one of those categories. Well, my ability to increase in receiving the word of God, hearing the word of God, comes by being in the word of God. If you don't understand scripture, or if it doesn't make sense, the worst thing you could do is bow out and say, well, I just, I'm just not even going to go there. It'd be the worst thing you could do. Because you're actually aiding yourself, your mind, to become renewed to the spirit man on the inside of you. The cool thing is the spirit man on the inside of you already knows everything about the kingdom it can ever know. Your spirit man cannot be more saved, but your 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 outward life, your outward expression can become more and more a reflection of what God has done on the inside. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's a done deal. And I can't be more righteous in 10 years than I was the day I gave my life to him. Maybe I was still exercising and practicing things of the world, but my my spirit man on the inside is there. Now I need to get my my behavior, my actions, and my lifestyle in line with where my spirit's at. How do I do that? Renew the mind. Right? we, we, We know this. Renew the mind, that's how you transform your life by the renewing of your mind. That's Romans chapter 12. That's two chapters later. So he says, faith comes by hearing, but hearing comes by the word of God. If I limit, if I, if I limit my capacity to hear the word of God, then I also in turn limit my capacity to increase in faith. Faith increases by hearing the word of God and hearing the word of God comes by being in the word of God. Amen. So we're making all these connections. So go with me to uh, Mark chapter four. 
Mark chapter 4 is the parable of the sower. It's also found in Matthew chapter 13. Try to make a, a few quick connections and then use a story to kind of uh, be our example. Not one of my stories, uh, a story in the word. It's not just a story, it's an actual historical account. Sometimes we, you know, we present scripture as, ever, ever told you about the story of David? Well, would you say that about Abraham Lincoln or the Civil War? Let me tell you about the story of World War II. No, it's a historical account that literally took place. So we need to talk about David and Goliath in the same manner. It's a historical account that literally took place on this planet that you and I live on. So it's not just a story, but it is found in the word and it's going to be an example that we're going to use to tie all this together. So Mark chapter four, verse 13. Then he said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand all of the parables. He says, the sower sows the word. And some are like the word sown on the path. And when they hear, everyone say hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word sown in them. Verse 16 says, and others are like seeds sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, everyone say hear, When they hear the word, immediately they receive it with joy. Verse 17, but they have no root. They are short-lived when distress or persecution comes because of the word. I love how he clarifies that when you receive the word, not only do you receive the promise, you receive the burden. You You receive a problem in one sense. The word will invite problems. It just gives you the capacity to overcome the problem. Amen. Okay. So it says, when distress or persecution comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like seeds sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word. Everyone say hear. But the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, meaning at the end of the day, the word wasn't priority. There were other things that crept in that took the place that the word ought to take, that the word ought to have. Deceitfulness of wealth, desires for other things, they choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And those like seed sown on good ground, hear the word, everyone say here. Welcome it, produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. Notice in all four accounts, they heard the word. They heard the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All four counts heard the word. So just to put it, Plainly and bluntly, all four of these people are in this room tonight. All four of these people sit on a row next to you. All four of these people attend a church. So we're not talking about unbelievers. We're not talking about lost sinners. We're not talking about those that are deficient or lacking. We're talking about people that hear the word. So apparently, 
hearing the word is not the only, if that were the case, faith comes by hearing, then we all ought to just take the YouVersion Bible app, turn it on a version that reads the Bible to you. And I know you have it because sometimes I hear it go off in these services, which is okay. I'd rather that go off than Facebook or cat videos on YouTube. Y'all know what I mean? All right. So, uh, you, you, if that were the case, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Then we ought to just play the Bible all day long, play it overnight. And I mean, we'll have the faith of Smith Wigglesworth by Friday. <laughs> right? If it were that simple. No, apparently I've got to do something. Notice this. Verse uh, 15. Some are like the words sown on the path. And when they hear, they heard the word. When they hear, immediately Satan. Okay, so the first one we see is they don't do anything with it immediately, but Satan does. Okay, this is the first, this is just the first case. You'll notice in the rest of the passages, it says immediately they, immediately they. But in this first one, it says immediately Satan. Meaning, if you don't immediately do something with it, Satan will immediately do something with it. If you don't value the word that's being ministered right now, there is someone that does, and he'll make sure you never get to find out what's so valuable about it. And it says immediately, which means he's not taking a long time. It means by the time you get to the parking lot, he's trying to do something with the word that's ministered. He might be trying to do something with the word I'm saying right now. There might be a religious sacred cow standing in the way. There might be a tradition. There might be what grandma said. There might be what my last church used to preach. There might be what so it, what I, I had this experience, whatever. But the enemies come and saying, what are they going to do with it? Because if they're not going to do anything with it, I'll come in and take it. That's the first case. He immediately, he's wasting no time. Why? Because he knows the power of the word. And if it goes in that soil, and if you begin to water it and you begin to take care of it and you begin to do the right things with it, meditate on it, feed it, that it will do what? Build faith in you that will lead you to a life that overcomes all of his plans for you, his plans against you. So he's like, man, if I can just stop this thing at the, at the root, why do you think he's trying to take out children? He's immediately trying to, Either the seed falls to the side or I'm going to find a way to infiltrate and pluck that thing up before it has the time to spread out, become a strong foundation, a strong base that now it's not just the little leaf coming through, but that becomes a strong tree. And it's way easier to take care of the seed than it is to get rid of the tree. It's way easier to pluck up that little tiny seed out of the ground. And especially if it just falls on the wayside, which is the first case that we have. The ones that fall by the wayside are where the enemy, he gets it before you ever realize how valuable it was. He comes in and he steals it immediately. The second case, of course, verse 16, others are like seeds sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, we saw that they heard the word as well. It says immediately they receive it with joy, which is great. 
That'd be like Sunday. And I just asked you, how many of you on Monday got to put into practice what was ministered on Sunday? Because what does it say? The word comes and what comes with it? Distress or persecution? It says comes because of the word. Meaning the enemy hasn't even started to poke and prod and attack in that arena until you received a word on it. It's amazing how the enemy, he, 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 he tries to sit in here and he, he, he will use what we're ministering, what we're saying directly against you. Amen. And guess what? When you hear a word, now you become responsible for it. To whom much is given, much is required. Okay? And so when we start preaching on victory and overcoming and defeating the enemy and, and overcoming in your marriage, guess where you're going to get attacked? And overcoming in your finances, guess where you're going to get attacked? Overcoming in your, in your body and, and health and sick, uh, uh, sickness and disease and health and overcoming and by his stripes, you know, guess where he's going to come in? He's going to challenge the word. He's not satisfied with, oh, they, they heard a word on by his stripes. So I guess I can't ever attack him with healing and sickness. I'll just go on and find somewhere else. No, now he's going to test you and he's going to say, let's see how much you know the word. Let's see how much you're ready to apply the word. Let's see how much you're ready to live by that word. And the distress, the persecutions come because of the word. And it says they immediately fall away, meaning they fall away as quickly as they bought into it, they fell away. Immediately they received it with joy and immediately they fell away. The next one, verse 18, others are like seeds sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the worries of this age, deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things. Let's look at those three things one more time. The worries of this age, deceitfulness of wealth. It's not wealth. It's just when wealth lies to you. Y'all see that? Well, I guess God wants his broken poor. No, that's not what it says. Just don't believe the lies. Just don't believe the lies that wealth and riches are going to take care of you. No, God takes care of you. Wealth and riches are not your provider. God is your provider. Your job's not your provider. God's your provider. Your credit card's not your provider. God's your provider. Come on. Okay, so it's the deceitfulness of wealth. The uh, worries of this age, we see plenty of that today, don't we? The deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things. All three of these fall in the category of distractions. Meaning the enemy, if he can't destroy you, he will distract you. If he can't get you to doubt the word, then he'll just get your eyes off of the word. Come on. This is how the enemy works. How are we going to have faith that comes by hearing if we're not giving these the, the proper attention and the proper value? Whether it's being sown on the wayside, it's not, I'm not even having a chance for the seed to go in. Or I receive it immediately with joy, but by the time I get to the parking lot or wake up Monday morning, uh, distresses and persecutions come that came because of the word that was ministered. And now I believe the lie of the enemy greater than I believe the truth of the word. Or if he can't get me in those arenas, then he'll use tactics like worries of this age. And you know, people that worry always have a reason. Worry is always justified. 
Worry is always justified. Worry always has a good reason. In fact, the enemy will give you good reasons. He sure will. He'll give you a reason to be offended. He sure will. And he'll make you feel justified in it. And you have every right to be that way and to believe that way and think that way and, and carry that hurt and carry that pain and carry that worry and, and care. No. This is a distraction. Deceitfulness of wealth. The very things that God blesses us with and brings into our life, now they become a pursuit of ours. God blessed us with the job, but now the job's taking priority over being able to make it into the house of God and, and, and being with the corporate body. And it's the reason why we can't be in the word as much. And, and we're, we're, we're given 80, 90 hours a week to that, but we can't set aside time for the word. And God's like, I blessed you with that. Don't I get any time? <laughs> I gave it to you. The enemy will love to take a blessing that God's given you and turn it around and become a burden in your life. Yeah, he will. And then uh, the last one he says is, then the desires for other things. Desires for other things. We've got to be intentional about our desire for the word of God. A hunger for the word of God. He says those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's a hungering and a thirsting for that we've got to maintain. But then the last item, of course, in verse 20, and those like seed sown on good ground, the good ground hears the word, and this is what it says, welcomes it. I love that. Welcomes it, values it. You know, David said, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. It was what he did with the word that determined the results of his actions and lifestyle and how it produced the harvest in his life, the fruit that was produced from it. We like to say it this way. What I do with the word determines what the word will do for me. What I do with the word determines what the word will do for me. I wish it were as simple as you just hearing the word and automatically reproduce fruit from it. I would have services every night. I'd have, I mean, you've got podcasts. You can listen to our podcast. I already gave you the example of just flipping on the Bible, but you've got to do something with what you've received. And, and that part I can't do for you. I can deliver the word to you, the full counsel of the word to you. I had a pastor tell me very early on when we first started, might have been even before we fully started in ministry. Any area you refuse to minister or preach on is an area you can expect your people to struggle in. My people are destroyed, not for a lack of faith, not for a lack of victory, not for a lack of the Holy Spirit. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If I refuse to talk about money, I can expect you to struggle in your finances. If I refuse to, to talk about your marriage or parenting or, you know, all the awkward things that nobody wants to talk about these days, sin and holiness, right, righteous living, then you will be attacked in those arenas and you'll have nothing to fight back with. You'll have nothing to stand against the enemy with. Amen. So it's important for us to give the full counsel, deliver the full counsel, but then what do you do with what's received? If you jump down to verse 23, this is what he says. If anyone has ears to hear, 
let him listen. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him listen. What a weird statement to make, right? If you have ears to hear, wouldn't the listening be automatic? If we had ears to hear, wouldn't the hearing just be the byproduct of having ears to hear? And what does that mean, have ears to hear? What does it mean to have ears to not hear? If you can have ears to hear, you can have ears to not hear. Come on. These are the implications. Anyone that has ears, and he he makes this statement so many times. He he talks about the, 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 the previous generations, even in the Old Testament. Had ears to hear, but they didn't hear. What does that mean? That means that they didn't handle the word as it was ministered to them. As when it was delivered to them, they did not appropriately respond in like manner. So this is what he says in verse uh, 24. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him listen. Verse 24. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And more will be added. Pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured. That's the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The measure that you use in intentionality to hear the word is the measure that you'll get back in response from what the word can do. It's a simple process. We do it every day. It's called deposit and withdrawal. And I cannot withdraw what I have not deposited. It's very simple. How many times do we get into situations and we want to make a $1,000 withdrawal, but we've only made $100 deposits? Huh? And then what we're trying to do? We're trying to fill that account real quick. Hello? The enemy will always attack us in those deficiencies. He's always looking for a discrepancy between what you're going to need by what you've actually put in. This is the valuing of the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When I value the word of God, I value the measure that goes in. Then I'm positioned for the measure that I can expect back. Man, if I've been feeding myself the word on, let's say, healing, then you know what I'm going to be able to expect when sickness and disease tries to get on my body? I'm going to expect a faith in that position to stand and fight against and believe the word against what the diagnosis says, against what the body's telling me, what the aches and pains telling me, what the natural fruit's telling me. I won't be able to stand on the word. But if you're deficient there, then I'm going to be at the mercy of whatever I've been feeding myself. I'm going to live at the mercy of the exposure that I've had. He's saying, if you want a measure of this back, you're going to have to put that measure in. Pay attention to the word. Pay attention to what you hear. That also means that we need to be careful with what we're hearing. 
Guys, we need to be quicker at cutting off things that don't need to have access, voices that don't need to have access in our lives. We've got to become intentional with that. Sometimes we just casually let them by. Ah, but what we don't realize is little by little over time, it's building up in our spirit. It's entering the account. It's a deposit that's being made. And then when we go to withdraw the word, we find we're actually withdrawing fear. Because little by little, we've been letting those little voices in, whether it be through social media, whether it be through uh, friendships that don't rightly align and rightly believe. I'm not telling you to cut those people off, but I'm just saying be careful the value that you attach to what someone says. Man, I cannot value a friendship over what the word says. What does the word say? Now, I don't need to enter in a debate with you, but if, if, if there's a disconnect, I've got to be intentional to, to, to not find myself coming in alignment, partnering with lies. I need to stay partnered and hooked up with truth. You've got to be careful with this. You know, and, and the enemy's getting very slick and very, um, you know, just deceptive. He's, he is the deceiver. That's what he does. It's, it's the greatest activity that he does. He doesn't have very many tactics, but the ones that he has are, are very dangerous if we fall prey to them, and deception's one of them. It's the most cunning beast of the field in Genesis chapter 3. And he's getting very tricky with just how he words things today, and the church is buying them hook, line, and sinker. We've talked about it before. It's taking truth and just lacing it with narratives that go against the word of God. And I've told you before, you know, if, if, if I had, if I was making you brownies and I put just a little piece of dog poop in there and mix it all in there, any, how many of y'all want those brownies? Huh? Just a little bit compared to the whole batch. I mean, it's just this little tiny flake. Whatever you want to call it. Without getting too disgusting and going down that. We can, we can make it real. Huh? But, but yet we're buying these types of things on the internet all day long. Just a little bit of, you know, I've given y'all examples before. I remember one that just stands out is when someone told me, uh, you know, uh, I, fear can stay in the back seat. I just don't allow it to drive the car. And man, they just, it sounds so churchy and good and just so relevant and, oh man, and, and your flesh is eating it up. It's like, yeah, now, now I feel a lot better about that, fle- that, that fear that in the corner, what's next? And it's just laced it, just a little, little sliver. No, we got to be careful with these things. I'm not telling us to just be super cynical and skeptical about everything out there, but man, let's just align with the word, align with the word. Align with the word. Well, in the very next chapter, Mark chapter 5, you see, we don't have to go very far to find an example of this put into practice. And in verse 21, you see some of these elements. We're talking about a faith that obeys. But I can't produce faith if I'm not hearing. It starts with the hearing. Starts with the intentionality, the valuing, paying attention to what you hear. And then the measure of the word that's going in determines the measure of faith that comes out, okay? A faith that obeys. Mark chapter five, verse 21. When Jesus had crossed over again, 
by boat to the other side. A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the sea. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, My little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. So let's just take a snapshot right here. We've got Jesus just showed up to a town. We've got a man, he's, he's actually a ruler of the synagogue. So this is a word man as far as, you know, they didn't have Bibles like what we had, of course. It's being literally being acted out, played out in front of them. But they've got the Old Testament and they've got the scripture and they've got promises. Apparently at some point, he knew enough about this man named Jesus whether through just hearing about it or maybe even seeing miracles or signs and wonders actually take place in his presence. He knew enough about Jesus to say, I've got a daughter that is dying. That means not dead, but on the way. Y'all watching this, okay? She's dying. I believe, this is faith, that if I can get him, to come to her and lay his hands on her. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. How does he have faith for that? He's at least heard or seen at some point. Y'all with me? Might be a last ditch effort. It might not be a great measure of faith, but you know, the Bible says, if you just have faith as what? A mustard seed you can move mountains, right? So we don't need a lot. We just need some level of capacity to believe if this man makes it to my house before she dies. Now, you know, there's another account where a Roman centurion had a servant back at home and he was a long distance away. And Jesus said, I will come and lay my hands on him. And what does that Roman centurion say? Y'all remember the story in John chapter five? He said, man, you don't even need to come to my house. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Because I'm a man under authority, just as you're a man under authority. When you say something, I know it's going to (laughs) happen. And Jesus marveled at his faith. I want faith that that Jesus marvels at. I want faith that's like, Jesus is up in heaven saying, that's it. That's it. That's, that's, That's good stuff right there. Now, he had his faith increased to that capacity, not because he had ever seen it before, because Jesus made it very well known. This is the only time I've ever seen something like this take place. He had that capacity of faith because he understood the authority of Jesus being a man in authority himself. He he connected into a kingdom principle without it actually ever being played out. That's pretty cool. But for Jairus, he's got a measure of faith He's got an ability to believe either by hearing of other miracles and testimonies or seeing these things play out in front of him. I know that if Jesus comes and lays hands on my daughter, she will be made well. So Jesus went with him and a large crowd was following and pressing. Um, I'm trying to find it in my Bible. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd was following and pressing against him. Now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had 
and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Look at verse 27. What are those first two words? Having heard. Having heard. Having heard about Jesus. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. Faith comes by healing and healing by the word of God. Having heard, she had enough faith to step out. If you know anything about this woman and her condition, it was actually illegal for her. What we experienced three years ago had nothing on this. This wasn't just six feet apart. This was, you need to stay outside the town. We got a special place for you because of her condition. You can go back to Leviticus. It was actually a religious command, a religious doctrine that said uh, 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 a condition of the blood of a bleeding condition that you are contagious. You'll contaminate everything around you. You have to stay far away. She has enough faith to break that code, to break that doctrine, to break that belief system. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, we learned on Sunday about the power of our words, didn't we? In worship. Now she's got her mouth in alignment and agreement with what God said. See, that's all that confidence or that's all that declaration is, is it's having a confidence in God's word and then coming into agreement with it. We're not just declaring stuff by just putting words out there and speaking mystical things. I declare this and I believe. No, it's coming into agreement. What does God's word say? Now, if I don't know what God's word says, I can't come into agreement with it. So she's allowed this thing to go from I've heard to now I've said to now I'm doing. I've heard, I've said, I've touched. She heard about Jesus. She said, if I just touch, and then she presses in the crowd and touches just the hem of his garment. It goes on to say, instantly her flow of blood ceased. She sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. At once, Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing. You must be crazy. What do you mean who's touching you? But he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And look at what Jesus's response is. Daughter, my power has made you well. That's what it says. Daughter, you're lucky this morning. I was feeling like I had some miracle stuff in me. You showed up at a good day. It's my will today. No, daughter, he said to her, your faith, your faith was built how? By hearing the word. Having heard, she said. Having said, she touched and having touched by faith, the faith made a demand on the power of God. It's not the touching that made a demand on the power. It was faith in action that made a demand on the power. 
See, sometimes we just we just read these stories and we just say, okay, well, I'll just do that and I'll just do this. If you don't, if you do it without faith, you're not going to get the same result. The faith is the key element. And how did the faith come? Having heard about Jesus. Having heard about Jesus. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, watch this. While he was still speaking, you remember that this was actually um, a detour, right? We, we, we still have the, we still have J. Iris in the background, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Let's speed this, this healing service up, please. My daughter is dying. She's at the point of death. We need to quickly hurry and get to my place so that you can lay hands on her while she was, while she is still alive. Because I believe, because I've heard, because I know by faith, if you will lay hands on her, she will be healed. While he was still speaking, Jesus speaking to the woman. People came from the synagogue leader's house and, what is that word? Said. Said. A word has come. A word has come to compete against God's word. A word has shown up. Huh? Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? When distress and persecution comes as a result of the word. This is the, I heard, look, not not only does he, not only is he going off of faith from having heard of these miracles, he's now seen one take place right in front of him. In fact, this this is even a step up from what he was already believing. He was believing that if Jesus could come lay hands on my daughter and he just watched the woman silently, quietly, without anybody knowing around her, just touch the hem of his garment and power flowed out. Not only that, and see, this is why I believe Jesus stopped. I don't believe Jesus stopped for her sake. I believe Jesus stopped for his sake. This is a faith-building moment. Because the moment he says, daughter, your faith, he's letting Jairus know your daughter can be saved the same way this daughter has been saved. Your daughter can be healed the same way this daughter can be healed. Your faith, if she can have faith and get a miracle, you can have faith and get a miracle. But as soon, I mean, while Jesus is still speaking, it says, another word comes. Has that ever happened to you? While you're still on the word that God's given you, the enemy comes with a competing word. Immediately, the enemy comes to what? Steal what was sown on the wayside. And we're about to find out real quick if Jairus got seed on the wayside or if he's got seed that immediately he receives with joy, but persecution stresses it out. Or if he's got seed that's it was immediately received with joy, or uh, but but the the cares of the world, the worries of the world are going to uproot it. We're going to find out real quick, or we're going to find out if he's got a word and he welcomes it, values it, 
and then stands on it and produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. We're literally about to watch what we read in Mark chapter 4 come to pass in Mark chapter 5. You cannot have the word of God in you only until you receive a competing word, a contending word. You've got to have the word in you so that you can withstand the competing words. Remember, the Israelites, when they were going into the promised land as spies, the 12 spies, remember, we've said this before, they weren't going in to get a word. They were going in with a word. It didn't matter what they saw in the promised land. This is our promised land. Giants in here, our promised land. Too great for us to inhabit, our promised land. Fortified walls in the city, our promised land. Too vast for us to really be able to occupy and take care of, our promised land. I'm not going in there to discover or to find out Well, is this really what God has for us? I'm going in there knowing this is what God has for me. By his stripes, you're healed. You go to the doctor. It doesn't matter what report they give you. By his stripes, you were healed. That's past tense. That's already been said. Now it's just a matter of which word will I agree with? Which word will I align with? And faith comes by hearing. Which word will I continue to hear? It's like Pastor Marcus was saying it. You know, uh, his wife, uh, Meredith, was going through a health issue, and the doctors themselves says the best we could do for you is just go look it up on WebMD. And you know how many people do that? They, 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 they get a diagnosis from the doctor, and the first thing they do is they go and they learn about the diagnosis. Learn everything that it can do to them. What are all the side effects? What, what could possibly happen? How long it takes to do this and what medications are good? And we start getting, we start educating ourselves on the lie from the enemy rather than the truth of the word. Now, I always encourage people, if you've got ailments in your body, if you've got things happening in your body, you need to find out what's going on. Because what, what, what is keeping people a lot of good, hearted Christians that want to stand in faith, what's really keeping them from really pressing in is fear. They're not not going to the doctor because I believe in faith. They're not going to the doctor because they're afraid of what the doctor's going to tell them. It happens. And then we do their funerals. And, well, they were just a good, good good-hearted person. They just had such strong faith, but the Lord took them home early. No, he didn't. Why? Because I need to know what I'm fighting against. He's got the name above all names. It doesn't matter what the name is. I still have the name above it. I just need a name so I can call it out by faith, rebuke it, command it to go. Come on. Now I got something to stand on. Good. Now I got a name. The the, the worst thing they could have done three years ago is give it a name, COVID. Now I got a name. I got a name, and I got a name that's above that name. Amen. That doesn't need to stir up fear. Oh, no, it's, it's got a number behind it, which means there's been 18 more of these things. What happened to all those? 
And then fear wells up in people. And then they're taking every natural precaution, every natural measure possible rather than, and, and, and we've guarded our faces and we've guarded our contact, but we're not guarding our hearts and our spirits. So fear is what motivates a lot of these people. Well, what do you think is coming up in this, this leader song? Remember, his faith was what? I believe if you can come to my house while my daughter is alive, even at the point of death, if you lay hands on her, she will be healed. And what's the word? Your daughter is dead. We've now increased this thing from at the point of death to full on death. She's dead. She's dead. Fear shows up. Maybe just full on, well, we tried. I tried to get him there before she died. I was hoping we could get there. Now we have this detour over here. So so glad this lady could get her miracle, but now my daughter's dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? When Jesus overheard what was said, he told the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, only believe. How did he combat a word? With a word. And whichever one you feed, whichever one you stand on, faith comes by hearing. He's already got demonstration of the word right in front of him. But remember, Jesus said that signs and wonders follow the teaching of the word. Remember that signs and wonders, miracles, confirm the word. Signs, wonders, and miracles weren't given so you could build faith. They were given so that they could direct you to the word because the word is what brings faith. Faith comes by hearing. Notice it does not say faith comes by seeing. What you hear is so powerful that God sent those 12 spies into that promised land and says, no matter what you see, just remember what you heard. And what you heard can be greater than what you see. Because see, honestly, think about this. When those 12 spies came back, remember they brought some stuff back? Remember what they brought back? Grapes. So large, in fact, that they had to be carried on two poles. And apparently that was very unusual. Unusual enough for them to give a remark. I mean, if that was normal activity to have grapes that big, why even add that? note in there. Apparently it was such an astounding, such a remarkable element. Well, why wasn't seeing the grapes greater than hearing about the giants? This is the power of what we hear. What you see will not produce faith in you. It will just lead you to the word that will produce faith in you. You don't need to go see a miracle. You don't need to go to some healing revivalist meeting. Thank God for those. 
but they are there to confirm the word. When Jesus was in his hometown in Mark chapter 6, and he could do no mighty work there because they were offended at him. It doesn't say he went about healing and delivering and, and watch what I can do, put on a show. It says he went about the towns and the villages preaching and teaching. What's he doing? Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. I need to build up some faith. I need to build faith in them. How am I going to do that? By them hearing the word. So as soon as he gets a word that says, your daughter is dead, Jesus responds and says, don't be afraid, only believe. Says he did not let anyone accompany him, except Peter, James, and John. They came to the leader's house. He saw a commotion. He saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why are you making a commotion? The child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. He put them all outside. (laughs) What are you putting outside? I just don't understand why my faith isn't growing. Look at all this stuff in your house. Look at all the distractions you got sitting around. Look at all the things you're still entertaining that contradict the word. I can tell you why your faith isn't growing. You're going to have to set some things on the outside. He took the child's father, mother, those who were with him, and in the place where the child was, he took the child by his hand. He said, little girl, I say to you, I say to you, I say to you, get up. Girl got up and began to walk. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Jairus had heard at some point had faith enough that if I can get this man to my house before she dies, he'll be able to heal her. The woman with the issue of blood had heard about Jesus, built up enough faith within her that if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Jairus, you watching? You watching this? You learning? Your faith. Hey, don't even bother the master. Daughter's dead. Don't be afraid, only believe. Give you another word. Then he puts the distractions out, puts the the contending voices out. Confusion is the result of too many voices. If you're still stuck between one or the other, you've got too many alternatives, too many options. Get the word on the matter. Get the voice of God on the matter. Get the word of God on the matter and see it come to pass. Faith comes by hearing. What do we do with what we hear? Jairus had a choice in that moment. What will I do with what I hear? Will I believe the word from the people from the house over the word that Jesus has given me in this moment? Where will I substantiate my faith? What will I believe? What will I stand on? What will I feed? What will I water? What will I value? What will I welcome? so that it can produce results in my life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. 
And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.